0: Hello! Welcome to episode 4. This is called Maternity, not Paternity, which was episode 2. I don't know why that really confused me. Anyways, this is Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat. I'm Meerkat.
1: And I'm Elk.
0: And we're gonna try to keep this one a decent uh, length today, but we have a lot of
1: notes, so... Yeah, I, uh... I wrote way too much. <laughs> right, I have six pages.
0: Um, just a couple of things to start off with. Neither of us are doctors. Nothing that we say in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. Um, also want to give a little bit of a content warning. There is um, a child death, an infant death in particular. So um, we're not going to like harp on it, but it does happen. So if that's not your jam, uh, see you next week, I guess.
1: Unless you know something happens that then too, but hopefully not
0: right it, you know it turns out um people die on medical shows,
1: <laughs> yeah, an interesting uh, interesting note is this is the first episode of House where one of his primary patients does actually die. yes, so, which I mean
0: we're only s- on episode four, so like it's spoiler alert, I guess I don't know oh right
1: up till I will say up till this point, we've all just magically gotten better, and everything's fine, and That's we never true. see the aftermath, so this is. One of the yeah, but that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Kind of. Well, we episodes. still don't see the aftermath of the because. Yeah, the other ones.
0: Anyways, yeah. we'll get there. So. um So description. else? Yeah, you go. Uh,
1: yeah, let's let's kick it off. I guess. Okay. Uh, description of this episode: A nightmare scenario sweeps Princeton Plainsboro when babies in the pr- maternity ward are hit by a potentially fatal epidemic. Um, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, in this week's corner of, hey, I know that person. Oh. Oh, good. So
0: I have something about the description. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, like, right out the gate. Um, I was going to talk yeah, let's go, let's just go. a little bit about, yeah, like, All epidemic those. and kind of. Yeah. Okay, so. um, Sorry for cutting you off. I'm going to let you finish, but hold on. So. <laughs> Thanks, we have an epidemic going on here. So this, an epidemic refers to a. Sudden increase in the number of cases of a disease. Um, so, more than would normally be expected. Um, so, a pandemic, I, I kind of just want to talk about these like to, so the that you kind of know what, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a pandemic is an epidemic that's spread over multiple countries or continents, um, and then an endemic is something belonging to a group of people or maybe a country, like a specific country. Um, an outbreak can also be used to talk about an epidemic, like or the word outbreak. Um, it's still that like more than anticipated number of cases um but it could also be just a single new case in a new area so if it's something that's already been seen somewhere else and then it's like oh shit this jumped over you know a state or a
1: country or whatever
0: yeah um and an outbreak can obviously very quickly become an epidemic
1: so so like if you're seeing cases of this particular sickness maybe in a town and then suddenly you're seeing the exact same thing happening in a town a hundred miles away or right. something You're so then like, oh.
0: you try to track that and say like okay well somebody traveled or you know could it be carried by a dog and a stray dog went a hundred miles over and forward
1: bound style <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways okay i guess you can start now
1: oh well okay in this week's corner of the <laughs> <laughs> you may know them um our guest stars we have ever carradine as karen hardig she is uh one of the main parents of the the two babies we focus on primarily in this episode. Um, If you recognize the last name Carradine, uh, her uncle is David Carradine, who plays Bill in Kill Bill. Um, Apparently, the Carradine family is all fairly well-known. They're all pretty well-known actors and actresses. Uh, Some of them did more stuff kind of like in the 60s and 70s, but uh, David Carradine is a pretty big one. Um, she's done a whole lot of different movies and TV shows, mostly minor roles, but, um, she plays Jay's mother in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Never saw it. I would want to, Wait, but what? no, yeah, I never saw either of the Jay <laughs> and Silent Bob movies. Okay. Um, personally, I recognize her from, uh, the Hulu show Marvel's Runaways. Um, she plays Jill Stein. You're giving me a look.
0: <laughs> I, I just, yep, you're that. like Marvel. And I was like, nope, nope, don't no know that. You.
1: Yeah, she's Jill Stein on there Um, we have Sam Trammell As Ethan Hardig, Her, uh, I assume husband Or her partner Um, he's had a long television career He's been on a whole bunch of stuff He's been on Bones, apparently he was on Dexter At one point Um, Hey, I know that one Yeah, you know that one, there we go (laughs) Uh, He had a role on, this is not a show But, uh, Alien vs. Predator Requiem The second one um bigger roles that he's had were uh, Sam Merlot Merloat, Merlot Merlotti. I never watched show, show show so I don't know but on True Blood apparently that was a fairly long role for him and then he was Leo Doyle on Reckoning which you watched I, I only watched yes. an episode or two of that but
0: yeah I never finished it I would like to at some point it was interesting I just yeah. never got around
1: to it yeah he's that's a more recent one that he's on uh we have a very brief cameo from kenneth Choi as dr Lim, who is the obstetrician who delivers the uh Hartig's baby uh he's been on a whole bunch of stuff um here we go again he's he's a big marvel guy he was uh jim Morita, one of captain america's howling commandos on the first captain america movie and <laughs> that means nothing to yeah, me yeah like it means I nothing to you it means something to them um, <laughs> and he, uh, I guess, played the same role on Wait, um, Agents of commando? S.H.I.E.L.D. Commando? Yeah, Is it's, it's a group. Know. It was a group of uh, his, like, special forces in World War II like, that he led. are making this up? I don't no, these them. are real things. These howling. are real comi- comic book things.
0: I'm just picturing, like, a free ball and werewolf howling at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah!
1: <laughs> there we go. That's... Did
0: you just go Kool-Aid Man?
1: Uh, no that's oh yeah no, we're
0: supposed to be keeping the short going sorry Yo, I'll shut geez.
1: up um and he in a twist of fate he plays his own grandson principal marita in S- the spider-man movies stop
0: it what? <laughs> this is why i don't do superhero things
1: uh he was chester ming on wolf of wall street and henry lynn on sons of anarchy you got in that late so you probably never saw him i literally
0: watched what, the last three, three episodes? episodes and I cried so hard. You, you didn't even have any <laughs> attachment
1: to any of them. Um, we have Marissa Marsalis as Judy Lupino. Um, she is uh, part of the other couple um, of the one of the babies she's focused on. Um, she's been on some movies and some TV shows. But I personally didn't recognize her. But um, she had a major role on Six Feet Under, the TV show, as Angelica. Um, so, for you those of you who might recognize her um we have alexandra bakyun chun as kim chen um it's judy's partner and uh the other mother of the second baby not Um, like other mother other no not like Like, they're both Coraline style no no they're just (laughs) two partners i'm your other mother (laughs) no she doesn't have buttons for eyes um she plays carla on saw Mm -hmm. she's the uh medical student who which. jim gordon or jim gordon jeez that's that's dc <laughs> <He's> not <laughs> jeff gordon commissioner gordon no lawrence gordon the main doctor is having an affair with
0: um i would just like to point out that i actually recognized her you did and i pointed it out yeah, yeah. I, oh hell when yeah. we watched this i pointed it
1: out the to first you time. yeah which never <laughs> happens um she plays uh xiao chen i'm probably butchering that um, on Marvel's Agents of Shield, we have a lot of Marvel people in this. Great, super stoked. Um, she, in that show, uh, for season five, was the Taiwanese delegate chosen to discuss how the world would deal with Inhumans. Um, so that might be how you recognize her. Uh, we then go to the. Please tell me I have her in here. Uh, Hetty Burris or Burris as Jill, who's uh, house's one and only clinic patient. I guess since last week we saw him with four, uh, they decided to have far less this time. But um, she, I don't she's know, she's obnoxious been obnoxious in yeah, this she's episode. she's very obnoxious, but... Whoa! <laughs> whoa, that, thank you! Like, she's very surfer, surfer dude yeah, talking the entire time. She's weird. Um, she's done a lot, a lot of voice work on the more recent Final Fantasy uh, games, and then she played Lori Cooper on Southland and Laura on the movie. He's just not that into you. Okay. Um,
0: I would also like to point out that I this is kind of the first time. We're only seeing one clinic patient, but what they have going on actually correlates with um, his main case. With pregnancy. Like pregnancy and, and babies and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. It's interesting too a lot of his most of the time his clinic patients like give him an idea or something this one it's it's attached because of the the yeah. fact that she's pregnant but
0: there's no big like uh, epiphany epiphany year
1: yeah eureka moment for him um nate torrance plays jill's husband who's unnamed in this um he is Devin. On She's Out of My League Which I guess is just one of the I adore that movie Yeah, that's a good movie It's one of my favorites um, I think he's like uh, the main character's best friend mm-hmm. And that are one of his, his closest friends um, He plays Soli on Supernatural Who is Sam's uh, imaginary friend from childhood And then this one you do know He plays Clawhauser, Who is the big cheetah Who mans the front desk on Zootopia Yeah, I I thought that was Josh Gad for a long time, but no, it's it's Nate Torrance, and he's like
0: he just went up a couple notches. Top character
1: (laughs) for me in that movie. Yes, and then uh, last my big excitement moment was Cress Williams, who is the unnamed hospital attorney. Um, He was on Never Been Kissed as George. He was Detective Joe on the movie Fallen, which is a really good movie. Um, Have we watched Fallen together? It's a good movie. It's about, like, de- demonic possession and But I think I'm like falling oh, okay. in love with you. <laughs> uh, I think it's Levin Hayes on Heart of Dixie. Uh, Ornette Howard on Friday Night Lights. But personally, I know him as Jefferson Pierce from uh, the Arrowverse. He plays Black Lightning. So he's so young in this TV show at this point. He looks so young compared to when he's on, you know, Black Lightning. I guess that's how time works, I don't know. I don't know, time is a construct, especially now in quarantine, don't give me that look.
0: I don't believe in time, (laughs) which you know this. What is
1: this, what day is it? Okay, let's get into the plot here and I'll try to blaze through this because, wow, there's a lot. So we open up on new parents Ethan and Karen Hartig, who are trying to pick a name for their daughter who was just born. Um, I believe within the past like day and a half, I, I think they say she's they only say like she 42 hasn't eaten hours. Yet, or so something. like, yeah, she's pretty new. Which is weird because when we, I looked this up, like by 36 to 42 hours, yeah. whatever she's at, she definitely would have eaten yeah. by then. So they probably should have been concerned that she hadn't eaten yet.
0: Yeah, it was yeah whatever. But Babies it's odd. are weird.
1: But the reason it matters is because she starts spitting up despite the fact that she hasn't eaten. So they call the obstetrician in, and he comes in and checks her, and notices that she's a little lethargic, and then she's really, really hot, and she starts seizing. So...
0: Um, I'm gonna go ahead and stop you right there. Okay. One of... This is just a gripe. They do this in the show a lot. They do it in all shows a lot. He literally is like, "Well, oh, she's, she's really hot. She's a little lethargic. And then she's seizing, and he yells, she's seizing, get a crash cart in here. And not only do they say, is she okay, but they say, what's happening? <laughs> One. Just
1: said, what's no, happening? No,
0: your baby is not okay. You're looking at her. They're right there. What? It bothers me so much. I'm and it's a- not like people don't
1: know what seizures are. In this case, I'm going to give her a pass only because she's a new mom. But I mean, she's kind she,
0: of in shock. I yeah. Guess, but, like,
1: I don't know. What? He
0: literally is like, she's seizing.
1: And she's What's like, going yeah, <laughs> doing stuff. She's like, she looks down. And is, oh, my God. Is she all right? Does uh, she look all right? Well, we have four nurses coming in here with a crash cart. So that just bothers me. No. OK, keep going. Well, we move on. Um, we see House is hanging out in the OBGYN lounge watching TV. Um, he apparently just likes it in there and uh, both the obstetrician and another doctor come in and are talking about a heartache baby and um, he hears one of the doctors saying that the baby appears to have a bowel obstruction um, and this gets houses interest so he leaves the lounge um, and he goes to talk to Wilson about the baby uh, Wilson Thinks it's just incredible that House is in the same room with the patient, which this is fairly early for House uh, to be with a patient in an episode. He was in there pretty early um, during the paternity episode um, because he thought
0: he thought it was yeah. sexual abuse.
1: And yeah. But in uh, this time, he says it's he doesn't mind patients until they have teeth. So
0: bro, same.
1: Same. Um, he notes that another baby was brought into the NICU with uh, approximately the same symptoms just a few hours earlier. Uh, Wilson says, you know, no one of them has a bowel obstruction. I mean, that's that's not a common symptom and House dismisses it and says, you know, radiologists when they're reading these things, they read into it what they want. So he wanted it to be a bowel obstruction. So that's what he saw. It could just as easily be an air pocket. Uh, kid needs to fart or something, I don't know. Um, so he takes it to Cuddy. Cuddy doesn't believe him and accuses him of the same thing, reading more into it because of what he wants it to be. But, uh, in order to prove to her what's going on, he gets his team together and they decide to go through the maternity ward and look for more babies showing the same problems. It's a pretty funny scene, um, especially when I think, uh, is it chase that walks into the room that
0: chasing cameron yeah they're uh she's like giving birth she's
1: giving birth and he says oh we'll be back later <laughs> okay cool um eventually they do find a few more sick babies showing the same symptoms um one of them's already in the middle of it one of them showing early signs of it um and because of this Cuddy decides to shut down the maternity ward no more intake um we're we're closing it down um Foreman says all of the babies that they found have spiking fevers and their blood pressure is dropping. Um, and due to this, they could be could be dead within a day. Um, they were all in different delivery rooms. They all had different maternity rooms, no common personnel, no common equipment. So they don't know how something like this would have been transmitted. Um, at the time, Cuddy decides she's gonna get a team of med students together to start swabbing for any contagions that might be in the ward. Um, They're looking all over the place. Cameron thinks it's gonna take too long to do that and wonders why she's gonna bother because the babies will definitely be dead before they find anything. But House says, well, the hospital's her baby, so she's gonna do whatever she can to uh, figure out what's going on. Um, They start doing their differential, trying to rule stuff out. They rule out parasites because uh, the problem seems to be spreading too quickly. They rule out a virus because the kids are too sick and show no lymphocytosis and aren't responding to medication. I think at the time they were giving them like a cyclovir and a couple other things. Um, So they decide on bacterial infection. Uh, They've already tried some broad spectrum antibiotics but that's not working. So they believe it's uh, antibiotic resistant. So Foreman suggests MRSA. He says in hospitals, it's always MRSA. Um, Cameron suggests Pseudomonas, Chase throws out VRE, Foreman throws out H flu, they're just kind of throwing stuff out right now. Um, they decide testing cultures is going to take too long, so House starts them on vancomycin and Astrianam, and he wants to get MRIs to check for abscesses and occult infection. <sighs> <sighs> <sighs>
0: My turn. Alright, so, symptoms that we have going on. We have spitting up, they're lethargic, they have fevers, um, we saw at least one seizure, Possibly a bowel obstruction or just some air. Um, there is a mention I don't remember if that happened already or it's later that one of them has a rash um, Low blood pressure and then later we'll see kidneys shutting down, but that actually isn't from whatever they have. So MRSA, let's start there. So MRSA is MRSA. It's methicillin-resistant Staphylococcal aureus um, It's a bacteria that causes infections in different part- parts of the body and um, I'm not going to get, like, super into some of these. I'm honestly not going to talk about at all because they're going to go through a lot of possibilities. Throw out so um, many in this one. And even these that it ends up not being, I'm, I'm not going to get super into them. So um, for MRSA, I'm just going to tell you that it was first seen in the U.S. in the 1970s. Um, and at this point, about one in 20 inpatients ends up with a MRSA infection related to hospital care.
1: So it it really is, it is often in a hospital, super prevalent.
0: Oof. Um, which when we get to VRSA and we look at those numbers, um, I just want you to remember that in about fifty years now, we went from like this methicillin resistant strain that was not common to now one in twenty people end up with it. Um, pseudomonas is a genus of bacteria that um can create infections in the body S- there's different types of pseudomonas and like some of them don't do shit to you so it's just um, kind of like a,
1: a grouping of bacteria yeah. okay
0: so pseudomonas aeruginosa aeruginosa um Arugula. sure um is a pretty common one in healthcare settings um it lives in the environment it can be spread um by water or soil contaminated with the germs which like cuddy mentions at one point they find a leaking faucet and there's formula being stored under there yeah um that's that's what she's talking about that could be a possibility um i wrote down some symptoms of this one not gonna get super into them um interesting one with wounds uh there can be a green pus or discharge and it smells fruity (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like to think of fruit-leaking fruit, so... <laughs> 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 Gross. All right.
0: Uh, VRE is vancomycin-resistant enterococci. Um, these are from the genus Enterococcus, uh, and they are resistant to vancomycin, which we'll get more into that kind of stuff later. Um, So... This generally lives in the intestines and sometimes the female genital tract. Um norm again normally doesn't make us sick. Like you can have this and be there. okay. Um however this can be contagious. Okay. So it's kinda gonna... and then H flu? Yeah. Is that the other one you got to? Okay. Um so this is H influenza. Um there are multiple Invasive diseases caused by this. Some of them that you know are pneumonia, uh, meningitis, cellulitis, um, and then also can cause ear infections in children and bronchitis in adults. So obviously, this has a lot of varying severity depending on like where it gets to and how long it's left there and the person that it's infecting, um, that kind of thing, and it also can
1: be contagious. So
0: Let's so, talk uh, what.
1: So I'm guessing because chase chase throughout VRE, that's one of the reasons why they don't just do vancomycin. They also do astreanam. Yeah. That would be my
0: my guess is that they're trying to to cover all their bases here. Um, so let's talk about vancomycin and astreanam. So vancomycin is a uh, glycopeptide antibiotic. It kills bacteria in the intestines. This is used a lot for C diff. Um, which is mm. clostridium, uh, different, yeah, different.
1: You've, you've told me some yeah. crazy stuff about C. diff. There's when you a lot of hospital. C. diff
0: in, in hospitals and boy, does it smell. Mm. Um, and then also staff. So vancomycin is considered a drug of last resort. Um, which pretty much means like normally they'll try everything else before giving you vancomycin. Um, because It is very efficient in treating drug-resistant infections. Um, So like we don't want to use it too much, because as we'll talk about later, guess what? Then you end up becoming resistant to it, which we already talked about a little bit with VRE. But yeah. Um, Also, it has to be um, administered intervening. (sighs) Intravenous. by (laughs) ivy um you can't just take it orally so um yeah that's vancomycin and then astrianam uh which fails first in this experiment but i don't think that has anything to do with the drug i think um it would have happened to that child first either way is my
1: i think they were just further into it so i just wanted to mention that well and he did say that the this baby, the um, Chinlupino baby, came in with the symptoms three to four Earlier. hours before yeah. the heartbreak baby, so...
0: Yeah. Um, so, this one is primarily used to treat infections that are caused um, by gram-negative bacterias, like Pseudomonas. Um, it's also used for bone infections, endometriitis, um, abdominal infections, pneumonia, UTIs, and sepsis. Um it also works by killing bacteria. Um, it will not work on, like, a cold or a flu or viral infections. So.
1: Okay. So these are, as opposed to a broad spectrum, like penicillin or These are, something, these are very targeted. Yeah. Okay. They're more targeted, more specialized. Okay. All right. Well, um, so they do the MRIs, and uh, they show nothing abnormal. They couldn't find anything. So, um one of the the mothers i I believe um uh mother chen uh thinks maybe she gave it to her son before he was born because she had a cold yeah at that point but what's her name judy judy chen i think it's judy and kim i think are the two uh look here judy lupino and kim chen um okay so but i think it was judy that had the yeah it would have been judy okay so judy um is like well what if i gave it to him you know i was sick before uh i had him and cameron dismisses it and says well no your baby was born perfectly healthy i mean they checked him and um judy's like well does it really matter because you don't actually know what's wrong with them so you don't know for a fact that i didn't do this to him it's i think it's a very uh normal thing for a parent to worry did i do this uh you know even something as simple as they're called their new parents so they're gonna question these kinds of things um but cameron just reassures her oh no everything's fine we'll get it figured out and foreman talks to cameron after they talk to this couple and uh kind of chastises her because she didn't really let the couple know just how serious this was she kind of skirted around it and all of that and he wonders how, how have you been a doctor this long without figuring out how to break bad news to patients um
0: yeah kind of comes with the territory yeah it's 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 not fun something
1: you gotta do yeah Uh, you're not always gonna be able to give good news um and cameron brings up the fact that um you know despite foreman saying oh it 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 must be so hard for you know the person who's dying cameron says no it's actually much harder to watch someone die than it is just to die because you know there's stuff going on over there I'm gonna so. say
0: I wholeheartedly agree with that.
1: Yeah, I would too. Um, so we go back to Cuddy, who has her team checking vents for um, possible airborne pathogens and the sinks to see if there's you know anything built up there, maybe mold or something like that. Um, in her search, she found out that somewhere around half of the antibacterial sanitizing dispensers around the hospital are either broken or empty. And Wilson initially says that this is not a diagnostically significant finding, which he's not necessarily wrong in terms of figuring out what is affecting them. That's not important because they haven't found a pathogen, but this does, I think, come into play a bit later. Um, and at the moment, Cuddy also gets onto one of the med students because he's wearing a tie without a tie clip. And his tie is like falling into the sink and all the she's places just flopping that he's touching. Yeah, just letting it hang out there. <laughs> um, so we meet House in the clinic where he's seeing a patient who says her joints are feeling loose and she's been feeling sick. Uh, she's been training for a marathon and running 10 miles a day. Man, that's a lot. But she hasn't been losing weight. Um, so House uh, looks at her and says, Oh, you have a parasite. And she says, Well, can you do anything about it? And he says, Uh,. I can for about the next month or so before it becomes illegal to remove it, but um, you may grow to love this parasite. You may dress it up and let it have parties with other parasites. Um, he says that she's pregnant and he shows her an ultrasound of her baby. Um, and she's like, well, why? I have birth control, I have this implant in my arm. And he says, well, uh, clearly it failed and you're supposed to be getting monthly pregnancy tests just to make sure that it's still working. Um, and ironically, even though an implant usually, uh, or can sometimes make it so you don't have periods, so can being pregnant. So, yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to tell, yeah. um, which is why you're supposed to get the pregnancy test. Um, she says she doesn't want her husband to know about it because they were planning on having a kid, but they got in a fight, uh, around the time that this kid would have been conceived and, um, she, after the fight went and fucked an ex-boyfriend Um, so she doesn't want a paternity test she doesn't want him to know that it may not be his and Hal says well does the ex-boyfriend kind of look like your husband and she says yeah and he says okay Mm -hmm. then just say it's his and she's not super comfortable with that but he says oh relax Um, the most successful marriages are based on lies
0: I mean ours is which one is that our marriage no which lie
1: this might be a long episode I gotta go <laughs> um, So this is the first lie of the episode This is the first example of people lying Because even though we find out later that this isn't exactly um, the truth it, it is indeed her husband's child um, She's not going to tell him about her one night stand So there's there's our first lie
0: Also I just want to take this opportunity to say um, birth control can fail And yeah. be careful and and careful uh, and practice safe sex.
1: Implants and all of those things do not protect against STDs, so you need to do lots of things to do protect your part. yourself and each other. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. do your part. Um, so we jump back to the babies. Uh, <laughs> turns out their kidneys are shutting down. Oh, never mind. that's depressing. And their <laughs> urine tests are showing no casts. What?
0: Uh, they are showing casts. It's the, um, I have a lot of notes. Let me find that page. Uh, okay. So a, oh, they, it does say they're not showing cast. Sorry. Anyways, uh, urine casts are, um, little like tube-shaped particles that you see under a microscope when mm-hmm. you're looking at urine. Um, so these are made up of, um, white blood cells, red blood cells, kidney cells, sales.
1: (laughs) Kidney cells? (laughs) Tell me about this here kidney cell, mom. Uh,
0: Protein, fat, all sorts of stuff. And the contents and like what they're made up of can tell you about your kidneys. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, if you have more fat in the cast, um, that means you have lipids in your urine and that can be a, like, sign of nephrotic syndromes um granular cast can show kidney disease um if you have like a lot of extra red blood cells this could mean that you have a kidney bleed um just kind of stuff like that whack if there's if it's waxy listen i tried to figure out what exactly that meant how do you i don't know but do that can show it light it um you can find that in people with advanced kidney diseases um, and long-term kidney failure. Um, yeah, so it shows you a lot about your kidneys. So I don't know what they because they did. I put in my notes that he he said that there's no casts, which I think that's the, not the relevancy of
1: not finding any maybe significant findings in the casts. I think is, it was just worded weird. Yeah, yeah. I I would assume it's to show that this isn't being caused by whatsoever, whatever's wrong with them.
0: Yes, it's the being caused by the antibiotics.
1: Antibiotics, yeah, the antibiotics, because they're very targeted, and that's another thing. And these are newborn
0: kidneys, and their kidneys are trying to process these hardcore antibiotics.
1: And it's not just one. They, they have two full mm-hmm. doses of very hardcore antibiotics, yeah. which can, aside from cause all the other damage, problems, yeah. can cause organ problems. So, Which
0: is why you shouldn't just... Uh, you know, throw people on these without figuring out what the hell's wrong because they actually didn't need them at all. Bye. Bye.
1: Um, so, because this is happening, they're like, "Well, shit, we can't take them off because <laughs> well, <shit. laughs> if we take them off, then they die from the infection. If we leave them on, they die from kidney failure." So, we have to figure out which of these drugs is causing this kidney failure, and with not a lot of time to do it, House decides he's going to take one baby off of one drug and the other off of the other drug and they are going to be sort of the experiment to see which one's causing the problems um
0: also want to mention there's um six sick
1: babies at this point but we're only
0: focusing on two of them i don't remember if we said that there's six of them that they ended up
1: finding total yeah they initially found um i think we actually get into that when he starts talking with the the lawyer they initially found three with one showing early symptoms and by the time he speaks with cutting the lawyer there are two more yeah um so uh, he says, basically, we we need to figure this out. And the only way to do this is to treat them separately to figure out how they progress so yeah. we can figure out what's going on. Um, Foreman doesn't like this at all. Really, none of them like it because it is an experiment in gambling with their actual lives. Like um, giving them separate treatments isn't ethical because if one dies, then, you know, there's there's issues there but House just doesn't see another way to do it, there's not enough time to figure it out, and he realizes what he is essentially saying at this point, what he's doing, but he tells them, we need to do it anyways. Uh, Cuddy isn't cool with it, and the hospital lawyer aren't cool with it. It is unethical. Um, if House wants to go ahead and do it, he needs to get informed consent from the parents, but House says, well, I can't get informed consent, because if I, inform them, they're not going to want to do it. He says, well, that's the point. Um, And aside from that, he brings up, it's just kind of a smokescreen that he throws up, but he's like, well, if I tell them that we're giving them different treatments, then I'm breaking confidentiality by telling them about another patient's treatment, Um, which again, is just kind of him throwing up an excuse. But the lawyer firmly says, no, you can't do this. But he brings up the idea that. Which one is more ethical? Me letting all six babies die, or me not getting a consent form? Um, lawyer's not convinced. Cuddy is. Cuddy doesn't want six dead babies on her hands, so she tells House to do what he thinks is best. So, um, unable to choose specifically who's gonna go off of what, he flips a coin, and he decides that um, the Chen Lupino baby. I think he takes him off of astrenam?
0: No, he takes him off vancomycin. vancomycin. He's still and on astrenam.
1: And then um the Hartig baby gets vancomycin but is no longer getting astrenam. Yeah. So um Foreman and Cameron talk separately to both couples. Um Foreman's up front tells them hey this is a hail mary pass we don't know if it's going to work it may work it might not but we've got to try something cameron is a lot more evasive she she's not straightforward with them she doesn't tell them the inherent risk and what they're doing she just tells them we'll know in 24 hours if it's working and they seem relieved and wilson approaches her and is like hey you know why why are you giving them hope why clearly if they look that happy you didn't tell them how serious this is and Cameron angrily dismisses it and is like, "Oh, I just want to give them hope because if their baby dies, they're not going to care what I told them. That's all that's going to matter to them." So this is really the second lie of the episode. Cameron, um, pretty much just does not tell them the entire truth of what's going on with their their child, uh, and it comes out back to bite her in the ass. Very sure soon. does real hard. Um, so, uh, house's clinic patient from earlier approaches him again. Um, this time, she's got her husband in tow, and she's speaking to him in code about the mono that she has, quotations, and that sh- um, she wants her husband tested to make sure he too doesn't have mono. It's just an excuse for her to get a paternity test for the husband. Um, House decides to play along and uh, asks them to set up an appointment and he'll, he'll deal with it. Uh, so, not a big moment, but I thought I threw it in here in here. Cuddy's still looking for a contaminant or a contagion, hasn't found anything. Uh, I think this is where she mentions that she found um, formula under a leaky faucet, mm-hmm. but that that formula hadn't been distributed to any of the babies, so it's still not relevant. It's not good, but it's not relevant to their current case. Not drinkable. Yeah, it's not It's not good. It's not drinkable. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she sees the med student again and fucking grabs a pair of scissors and just chops off his tie it's great
0: I would totally do that
1: yeah and clearly he should know better because literally everyone else in the show Chase, Foreman, Wilson well, all of them thing. wear ties with a clip yeah because yeah, first what if, of
0: all it's just professional yeah but also it's a thing
1: yeah if you have a, a person who's brought in and they start crashing or something and they're bleeding out you don't want your also... tie getting in their shit
0: It's insinuated at one point that these are all med students that are doing a rotation in, like, the maternity ward in general, at least. Um, So, like, if you're dealing with babies and stuff, like, why would you want your tie just, like, flopping around? Out there. If you're dealing with patients, period. But, like, I don't know. Whatever. Go on.
1: Sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Chase speaks to uh, Karen and says that her baby's fever is stabilizing. So it seems like something's working out. Um, but she is worried. She She's very depressed and negative at this point and says to Chase, we're not gonna make it, are we? And she says, oh, you know, my baby's gonna die and my husband and I aren't gonna make it because my husband, or my husband, my neighbor's um, child died in a car wreck and four months after the funeral, they divorced. Um, she's just very, very not hopeful at this point and chase tells her hey don't don't say that yet we still don't know what's going on so you don't want to write everything off just yet but unfortunately as he's saying this the chen lupino baby starts to crash um he's he's showing uh heart problems his bp is dropping really quickly um they say his uh blood pressure isn't responding to vps which i hope you'll Base Vasopressors. And um, despite his best efforts, Chase can't save the baby, so they they call it. Um, and at that point, House has the other babies start on vacomycin and, and asks Cameron specifically to talk to uh, the Chen Lupino couple. And Which are the
0: ones that she gave all that false all hope to? All that false
1: hope to, and literally just a few hours later, their baby dies. And she's not able to tell them. She freezes up, so Wilson has to do it for her. So, let's talk a little bit about this scene and stuff that they bring up.
0: Um, let's talk about blood pressure. Yeah! So, blood pressure, um, I realized probably not everyone, like, knows how to read that and what those numbers mean. So, the first number, um, which would either be the first number or the top number, depending on, like, how it's written, um, is your systolic number. So this is the pressure when your heart beats. And then the second one is diastolic, and this is the pressure of the blood in the arteries while your heart is
1: relaxed. Okay. So you
0: have diastolic and your systolic. It's
1: almost like a... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's like it's
0: almost like a blood pressure.
1: The RPM of when you push down the gas pedal versus the RPM of when you let off of it, but your car is still coasting. Yes. Sure, we'll go with that. Why not?
0: Cars. Yeah. No, that's... I mean... Yeah. So... Okay. They mentioned at one point that... The baby has an 80 over 40 blood pressure. Um, So first of all, I want to say that blood pressure in newborns varies a lot, um, especially for the first 10 days. Depends on gestation length and their weight and a lot of other factors. So when it comes to normal blood pressures for babies, there is a bigger range. Um, But normal systolic, so that first number, is considered to be 60 to 90, which theirs is at 80, and then diastolic is 20 to 60, which is at 40. So this is a...
1: Normal blood pressure. They're fine, yeah. would be bad for um, an adult.
0: And then but a little bit later, they say 64... I don't know. 60-20
1: or something like that?
0: Yeah. yeah. I think they say 60-20. Um, so that's still considered normal. It's the low end of normal for both of them. And then at the very end, they say 50 over 10, I think. So now we're getting into... To low numbers But I just thought it was interesting That they like Throw all these numbers out there And then it's like No it's actually fine Um They do also say The heart rate was like 180 Yeah Um Normal heart rate for a newborn When awake is anywhere from 100 to 205 And then when asleep is 90 to 160 So again a very wide range Depending on a lot of things But 180 is not like unheard of
1: It's a little high But not outside of a normal range
0: Um so Chase says to grab the Crash levifid. Part. Oh,
1: what was it? Levifed. Levifid. Okay.
0: Um, which is a norepinephrine um bitartrate. Uh what am I? Adrenaline. There we go. Okay. Similar to adrenaline. <laughs> um, so your body produces adrenaline. This is the like chemical version of that, that we that we do. Um, it's a vasoconstrictor. Um, and when your blood pressure is life threateningly low, you can get this. It's also used like during or after c p r to help out uh it's horror corner time ooh, so levafed is also known as leave them dead <laughs> oh, Jesus. um because several decades ago, a while back. Uh, like it, in the 90s? it had not so great, like outcomes, um, because you can get some
1: ischemia. Ischemia, ischemia, Something. Ischemia, yeah. Is she? Is she? Or is she not me? Yet? I don't know. <laughs> I just like th- it, that word's <laughs> fun to
0: play with. Anyways, um, th- blood flow issues is what you end up with. Uh, that could lead to, and it can it can cause some renal failure, uh, but also. Your toes fall off. Fun. That, that was real common with this.
1: That's some scary stories to tell in the dark shit. Just
0: like, oh yeah, you're you're having blood pressure problems, let's give you this stuff, and then your toes fall off. Because they weren't getting any blood flow. Can
1: you imagine waking up and looking at it and be like, well that's not normal. My toes are gone. <laughs> that's not right. Fun. That was my Apparently
0: song. when I was a kid, at some point, um, I sometimes i cross my legs and i like lock my knees out and so i guess i was sleeping like that i was like young like four or five and i woke up and i freaked out and told my parents that my feet were on the wrong legs <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: good that's my, brilliant.
0: my toes <laughs> they didn't fall off but they sure did switch fun <laughs> i think my legs were asleep i don't know anyways um i don't need to explain it to you anyway so that's why <laughs> i don't I, have to fucking explain so shit to you it is still um like called that and you'll you can hear that around the, around yeah. the hospital. Leave him dead. It's fun.
1: I don't want it. He does also say that the um, when he's crashing, he goes into AFib.
0: No. He goes into V-Fib.
1: Does he say V-Fib yes. or AFib? Okay.
0: Um, I Actually, I have notes about that because I figured that would come up. So, because most of the time we hear AFib. Um, so, this is a arrhythmia, like an irregular heartbeat um, that... Can lead to blood clot, stroke, heart failure, heart problems. Period. Um, there's about 2.7 million Americans living with AFib. Vfib. Oh, AFib. The the A, I forgot to. Yeah, uh, is atrial fibrillation. Your, your atrium. Vfib mm-hmm. is ventricular. Okay. Fibrillation. Um, so the ventricles of your heart are like quivering, like shaking. <laughs> instead of pumping normally. Um, and this is caused by electrical activity getting fucked up. And so it's just like shaking instead of actually doing its normal So it action. would have the
1: same, uh, I guess, thing that they normally do. It gets the, the yeah. car to try to shock it back into nor- yeah. normal rhythm. It's just
0: kind of a, I don't want to say like a different part of your heart, but it's a different, like it's the ventricles that are instead
1: of, yeah. I did see a problem with it though. Um was he it with says the... he's going into afib, but when they show the screen V-fib. or Vfib excuse me he's going into Vfib, but when they show the screen he's showing no heart rate, which is actually a systole, which is your heart's just not beating anymore yeah, <laughs> I did something I looked it up take yeah that was a, a little there were a lot of little like I, th- I medical think I mentioned next uh or next geez,
0: I mentioned in the future um I mentioned last episode that there's a lot of problems with like heart rate monitors yeah. and that's kind of across the board not just with this show just for a dramatic
1: effect so going um, to do all that uh, so Chase tells House that the other baby, um, I guess all the other babies but particularly the heartache baby is getting sicker so the vancomycin isn't working either um,
0: wait did we talk about the fact that Cameron yeah. froze up, did we? Read? Yeah,
1: she, she froze up, and, and Wilson had to tell them for her.
0: I'm tired and not caffeinated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix that soon. Um, so, uh, House and the rest of them start talking about it, and he thinks it's uh, a superbug that's um, resistant to antibiotics, like, even more so than the targeted antibiotics that they've been giving them. Um, and he says it's due to overprescription. People coming in for a cold and getting penicillin you know, having a cough so they get azithromycin, like just stuff like that, just over prescription. Um, So Chase suggests Versa, uh, VRSA, um, and he suggests this because, as you mentioned earlier, one of the babies has a rash, which could imply scalded skin syndrome, which is a sign of of VRSA. but they're worried about it because it's super rare. At the time of the the show, they say there's literally only been two known cases in the U.S. in the U.S. Yeah. So yeah, talk about some of that.
0: Um. Okay. So VERSA is um the v- uh vancomycin resistance of Staphylococcus aureus. So kind of the same as MRSA, but instead of
1: the Meth- methicillin. Yeah. What was it? Okay. So,
0: um. And yes, it is very rare. So, as of, so the first case in the U.S. was 2002. Um, As of 2014, which is the most recent data I could find on this, which I thought was really interesting. And I don't just Google this stuff. I mean, I do Google you stuff, too. Use to Google, I, yeah. I look at medical journals and stuff and, like, look at the CDC and look at WHO. Like, I get into this stuff, um, and I could not find numbers, so somebody else can send them to me. Anyways, as of 2014, there were 13 cases in the U.S.
1: So we go from two cases up to 13, which means it's so rare, rare but getting worse. We went from
0: zero to 13 in 12 years.
1: Real fast. Real quick.
0: And like I said, I don't... I mean that was six years ago so i would be really interested in knowing where we're at now um because again look at MRSA it's been around 50 years in the u.s and it's it's super common yeah Yeah. um and this is really scary because vancomycin is kind of like i said it's a last resort drug
1: so if it doesn't work yeah we're hmm. fucked
0: yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end but scalded skin syndrome which is really hard for me to say
1: I wanted to say scaled skin. I scale skin skins from, skate skate skate
0: snake skin skirt suit.
1: I you did it.
0: Yes. I'm not gonna and try. And it's recorded. Um, so it's caused by um certain staph bacteria, um, and the bacteria produces a toxin that causes skin damage, and then the damage creates blisters, like if your skin was burned really badly. Um. I made the mistake of looking at images of this and it's uh, pretty rough
1: it's really gross yeah nice it's pretty nasty well baby or baby (laughs) little baby house (laughs) thinks (laughs) it (laughs) might not be a bacterial infection after all
0: (laughs) sweet eight pound
1: baby house (laughs) uh because the baby um the Lupino boy died with super low blood pressure even with three vasopressors So Wilson thinks there might be a problem with their hearts um, Spoiler so, alert there is Well I assume with the um, vasoconstrictor The point of that would be If you have low pressure A way to increase the pressure would be To make just the capillaries and veins smaller Yes So it, it would, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like so it's when you put your thumb over the end of a hose It makes the pressure a little higher Okay. Yes.
0: What is it with you and all these, like, analogies?
1: and? I, I, a lot of this is really weird stuff that I don't understand, so I have to think of a real-world application that makes sense to me. So, uh, House does a preliminary autopsy on the Chen Lupino boy. Um, he takes a biopsy of the baby's myocardium, and he finds fibrosis and lymphocytic infiltrates, which suggests the problem is actually viral. Yes. Um... Do you have anything on those, or we want to get into those a bit later?
0: Um, yeah, just keep going. We'll, okay. we'll kind of.
1: So um, again, Foreman, as they've brought up in previous episodes, testing for a virus they don't know what it is could take way too long. There are thousands they could go through. There's a couple. <laughs> um, so they need to narrow it down. Um, but in order to do that, they need to get blood from the infants, and there's only so much blood you can take from infants, so they Consult Chase on how much they think they could take, and they decide to narrow it down to six, um, and they end up with eight at the end. They try to do six, and they come up with eight. So the eight that they come up with are CMV, Echo Eleven, Influenza A, Coxsackie Kots- E, Rotavirus, or maybe it's Coxsackie B. I think to- it's a B. E. Yeah, his handwriting. The, I, is so the handwriting's
0: bad. really bad. It's a B, though. Uh,
1: Rotavirus, Epstein Barr, Parvo B nineteen, and RSV. Um, Chase says that eight, eight vials is pushing it for babies, but again, they need to do this or they might die, so they go ahead and do it. Um, Wilson also mentions that he's going to check around and see if they have the antivirals for these eight, because if they figure it out, it won't matter if they don't have the antiviral. Um, and House also wants to check one of the healthy babies that was born around the same time so that they have a control group just to compare their blood to what a quote-unquote healthy baby would look like. Yes. So, woof. Yeah. Big list. Um, let's, let's hammer through these.
0: So I'm gonna talk first about the implication that you need a whole vial of blood to run a test. Um, Chase pretty much outright says, but at least heavenly implies that, you know, they, they can only take six vials of blood so they can do six tests. And that's not really how that works. Um, you do want to have extra blood. Obviously things happen, um, or like some of the blood might be unusable, uh, for different reasons, but (sighs) okay. I'm going to try to like gather my thoughts here. Um, so, A tube, like a a blood tube, normally holds about 8.5 milliliters of blood. There are pediatric um, tubes, but from what they show in the show, it looked like they were using just regular adult ones, which they do also do that sometimes, like they don't always use the pediatric ones. So let's say that one of those tubes is going to hold about 8.5 milliliters of blood. Um, Test take... Anywhere from like one to three millime- milliliters, generally. So like you can get multiple out of a tube. Assuming blood.
1: there were no mess ups and no right. problems with the blood, they could get eight tests out of that one tube.
0: Yeah, and some tests take more than one milliliter, um, for sure. Just, but some of the really simple ones just take one. So, and I don't. know, These are specialized tests, so maybe they do take more. But I don't, I don't think they need a whole vial of blood for each one. Um. So. Also wanted to mention that guidelines that I found in multiple different sources agree um, that an eight pound baby, um, which I just used eight pounds because these are newborns and that's not they like, were term it's kind of so. high average, but it's,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so an eight pound baby should have a maximum of eight milliliters drawn in one sitting. 16 milliliters in 30 days.
1: You ain't getting eight, eight vials no. of blood out of a fucking baby.
0: Yes. So, um, newborns generally have about 40 milliliters of blood per pound, um, and you should not take more than 5% of their blood in 24 hours. If you take more than 10% of their blood volume, it can lead to long-term, like, life-altering anemia or straight-up heart attack. Like, if you take too much blood, they're just gonna, like, their bodies can't handle that. Yeah. So... I don't know where the hell Chase is getting these numbers. And I understand these these babies are dying. So, yeah, you need to push some limits. But it, there's just a lot wrong with, with all of that. Um, I also want to mention that normally, if you have a kid, you probably know, they normally do a heel stick, um, mm-hmm. which is where they literally, like, stab their heel. <laughs> it's a little more nuanced than that. <laughs> um, they
1: take a toe since they're already but losing them.
0: they do that and then, like, squeeze out the blood and it drips into a tube. And it, even talking about it makes me want to die. And I've watched it be done, and I don't like it. Um. Whew, anyways, but... Yeah, you, he
1: throws out there. They could do stick tests, but they stick with vials.
0: Yeah, Um. you don't want to do a heel stick if you're taking more than one milliliter. Because you're not going to
1: squeeze sit there and squeeze out that much blood, like, doing it.
0: But obviously, baby veins are very tiny.
1: Um, I don't know. They did it in the olden days. Bloodletting. Straight out of the feet. Got ghosting in your blood. Do some cocaine about it. Or just, or just blood it. Yeah. So there's
0: that. Um, okay. So let's start with CMV, which is cytomegalovirus. Cytomegalomart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is a super common virus. Um, it can infect people of any age. Over half of adults, um, have been infected with CMV by the time they're 40. So once you have it, you have it for life. You know, just, like, get rid of it. Um, most people that have CMV don't ever show any symptoms. Um, you can be born with CMV, like, if mom has it and passes it down to you, which would be congenital, which just means that you were born with it. Um, Maybe. And it's in the same family as herpes, um, which kind of comes up later when we talk about the things they did wrong as far as, like, they crossed we can off can mention all the it herpes now. They,
1: they mention... Um, one particular virus and Cuddy throws out. Okay, so we can cross out the herpes viruses. So he writes on their torch syndromes and crosses it out. Well, Foreman uh, brings up or Foreman. torch okay. syndromes. Yeah. Cuddy
0: does also bring it. The herpes. It's, there's a lot going on. Um, and I'll talk about torch in a second.
1: I did find out. Um, the reason CMV was not crossed out in this particular grouping, is unlike the other herpes viruses, it doesn't as- respond to acyclovir, which they already tried. So. Yeah, that that's could great. be why it throws it up but except the torch thing <laughs> it's still, just the torch problem yeah
0: um okay but so influenza a which cuddy also brings up um so there's influenza a b and c c um is not nearly as well known but it's the stepsister you know um <laughs> so b viruses like the the type v yeah type b flu virus um mutates a lot slower than type a um and they look at them by strain but not subtype whereas with a's they look at subtype and strain so there's a lot going on here um because there's multiples of each type but so a mutates a lot faster than b and that is why pandemics are caused by um type a okay does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It, it, it can B. spread quickly and it, it mutates. mutates so, so you fast can't. so you can't develop something yeah. to fight yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I think that makes sense in my head, but I don't yeah. know if what I'm saying is coming out right. So um, that's influenza A. Um, parvovirus B19. So most people probably know of parvovirus from dogs. Um, there's different parvoviruses just like there's different coronaviruses um so this is b19 this causes a uh, fifth disease um which is a rash illness um sometimes it's also called slapped cheek syndrome um because it looks get really like rosy cheeks yeah basically it looks like somebody slapped them across the face um this can spread through blood or like respiratory so somebody getting coughed on it can go congenitally um, and this one only affects humans. So obviously it's different than the one that affects dogs. Um, and then we'll save Echovirus 11 because, um, spoiler alert, that's what it is. Um, so I just wanted to go over the torch group or torch complex real quick that Foreman brings up and that there's tons Me of problems so with.
1: Rashly gets oh, rid of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got him.
0: So. Foreman says rule out the torch system, um, which torch stands for toxoplasmosis, other, which can include syphilis, uh, varicella, mumps, parvo, and HIV, rubella, CMV, and herpes simplex. But then we put CMV and parvo on the back yes on the board. side. It's just the whole thing bothers just me. It's weird
1: that, yeah, he there's says also, cross out the whole torch syndrome. I think there's yeah. also
0: a part where Foreman says he's talking about viruses and then he's talking about toxoplasmosis, but that's actually caused by a parasite. Hmm. There's just a lot that's wrong a virus. in this. I'm
1: curious if, like, if this was a, a mistake that they made or if there's some reason why he would say cross out the torch syndrome, but they would still include parvo and... CMV, so maybe one of you guys knows something that we don't. But found this very confusing that he would say that, and they'd be like, "Well, never mind. We'll we'll keep these two from Torch." Yeah, I, I, don't,
0: I know. don't know. Um, and then I will just mention so enteroviruses, um, uh, which echovirus is one. Uh, enter or entero means intestine, so this is a group of viruses that transmit through the intestines. Um, there are 71 types of enteroviruses. So I think that's all I have for the moment until we get into the actual diagnosis and then uh, like antibiotic resistance.
1: Okay. So after their testing, they find out that all five babies are testing positive for ECHO-11, CMV, and Parvo. I believe he says they found antibodies for all, for all three. Uh, three of those.
0: They're testing positive for him and then they found antibodies of
1: two of them, I think in the in, in the healthy baby they te- he tests fo- positive for antibodies for CMV and Echo 11. Yep. so this gives house his revelation. His epiphany, which is kind of related to um, the paternity one ironically of oh yeah, that's right. Mothers pass down antibodies and um, resistance to their children. Yep, because um, you got mama's blood you got you got mama's blood in you do some cocaine about it <laughs> um, so House says that um, any of the moms who had the antibodies obviously would have passed it down to their babies and they would have been protected from those things at least right now because they're newborn um, so he wants to check all of the mom's blood to see which uh, antibodies they lack which will tell them what the problem is and they find out it is echo 11 says it causes diarrhea and flu symptoms in adults, sometimes a rash, but in infants, it can kill them because it can damage their heart. Um, He mentions a bit later towards the end that it is usually uh, transmitted through fecal oral route, but it can be um, respiratory as well, like mucus secretions. Um, And they have a trial antiviral drug called the Placonaril, I guess? They Placonaryl. don't say that, they don't, actually. He, they don't actually say it, but this is probably what it is, based on what yes. we are looking at. Um, he just says there's a trial antiviral that they're developing in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania <laughs> um, for Echo 11. And um, parents say, yeah, go ahead, let's try it. And after a while, it works. It helps the babies get better. So let's talk about all that shtiff. Okay. So,
0: Echo virus 11. Um, Echo is actually a acronym. Acronym? Mhm. Right. That's that's something with the letters. Um, so it is ENERIC cytopathic human orphan virus. Um, so ENERIC means intestines like we just talked about. Cytopathic means it hurts living cells. It, it does damage to living cells. And then an orphan virus is a virus that was not originally associated with a human disease. Um, and some orphan viruses get disproven, obviously.
1: Um. Like they find out it actually is related to yes. humans? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's what ECHO stands for. Um. I thought cytopath meant, like, someone that was just crazy and, like, killing people. Yes. Same shirt? thing. Okay, cool. It's all the same.
0: Um, so, ECHO virus 11. What it does is it lodges in your intestinal tract, um, viral meningitis can be a symptom of this which we don't Oof. see but yeah thought that was interesting um so normally it goes fecal oral it can be respiratory like we just talked about and it can cause myocarditis um which is inflammation of the myocardium which so is your heart yes okay <laughs> <laughs> um heart issues which we talked about they they, they saw heart issues yes.
1: and stuff yeah
0: um and so sometimes you can totally recover from this, um, depending on how bad the damage was, so I would like to think that they were able to recover from it. Who knows? Um, most commonly, when you see myocarditis um, in newborns, it's actually from the Cook's virus B um, which was also on their possibility list, but got crossed off. Um, with that one it has a 75% mortality rate in infants. Jeez. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and Echo virus has no walk in
1: the park either. And there's plenty of dust from it. So, what? Uh, before you talk about the drug, I don't think we ever really went over what fibrosis means. But oh. it's just essentially scarring. Yeah. So, in this case, it's myocardial fibrosis. So, it's scarring the heart in their sack. heart. Yeah. You can have pulmonary fibrosis. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that. So, I wasn't sure. I kept Thank hearing you. the word and I was like, "What is that Sorry. mean?
0: Um, okay. So... They say that there's a company in Pennsylvania making this antiviral. Um, like Elk said, it is most likely uh, Placonaril that they're referring to. Um, it's the only one that I found in any of my research. It's manufactured by Schering Plow, which is actually in New Jersey.
1: Where they're at. Yeah, so, that's where they're uh-huh.
0: headquartered. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe they were doing stuff in other whatever, but thought it was rude. So, this is Experimental. Um, they're using it against most enteroviruses. Um, it has been evaluated in clinical trials, but it is not approved for the FDA even as of now. Um, so it's from, like I said, uh, sharing, sharing, sharing plow, s, s c h e r i n g.
1: Oh, good,
0: sharing plow. Sharing plow. Um, and it's actually like. Intended to be used with asthma issues, like um, really bad acute asthma exacerbations, or like cold symptoms in people that have asthma, um, but obviously it can be used for other things, and enteroviruses, like I said, um, and it basically just doesn't let the virus reproduce. Okay. So, um, in the show, obviously, they get it, they give it to them, and it works. Um, like I said, though, it is still being tested. So it is doing well in clinical trials. And then, uh, people have also had good luck with intravenous gamma globulin therapy, um, with like people that have persistent echoviral issues. Um, it has not gone through any trials though. So it's just something that they kind of do that on the side also, and it seems to help. But like, who really knows? They don't mention it in the show, but it is a possibility. Um, let's talk about antibiotic resistance.
1: Oh, we'll get there. We uh, I got oh, yeah. a whole thing to no? discuss about that. Okay. Um. So. I just want to be there. Yeah, there's there's just a few things <laughs> to go for the end of the show. So uh, Cameron, um, asks the heart eggs, uh to hold their baby while they change. Um, her sheets so they can just get a chance to hold her it's been a while since they've been really able to hold her and it's just kind of a gesture that she makes um and uh house ends up bringing it up to her later like where'd you get that idea and i'll get into that in a sec um house ends up talking to foreman to check on cameron which is weird like he's not asking anything specific he's just asking how is she doing which this is kind of the beginning of something for i guess him and cameron yeah scandal no not really but yeah it it seems he he may have a soft spot for Cameron despite pushing her in this episode um he ends up talking to his uh pregnant clinic patient um tells her that her husband is the father of her child and she ends up asking him to do the prenatal or the delivery because he's been so great wow um and initially he declines but he ends up uh seeming to accept at some point um he approaches Cameron. i think he's just using it but yeah (laughs) he approaches cameron about everything that's happened and is trying to figure out with her there why it's been so hard for her in particular to deal with this case and to talk to the um patient's parents and all that stuff And he says, if she's being this awkward about death, either she's been around it way too much or not at all. Um, And he asks if she's lost someone, and then specifically she's lost a child, to which she calls him a bastard and leaves. She doesn't really answer it. So um, there's kind of an idea planted here that you know something's going on with her in this area, but we don't know yet. Um, So then we drop in on a house hanging out in of the waiting area of the prenatal unit or the maternity ward um and he's still wondering how the babies got sick and wilson tells him he's obsessing and it's not helpful and he ends up leaving but house notices one of the volunteer workers is pushing around a cart of teddy bears and she is coughing and wiping her nose and <laughs> She's touching really teddy gross. bears <laughs> and all of that and um at the very end we see him hanging out in the OBGYN lounge again uh he, the doctors say hey you can't be in here and he's like no it's okay i took on a patient i'm gonna do her prenatal uh work and it's really just so he can watch their rather large tv and sit in their comfortable chairs but uh yeah so that's that's the end of that episode um yeah let's talk about some stuff
0: so first of all like uh don't go to work when you're gross yeah, especially right now in the times of our lady COVID.
1: And especially uh, if you work around babies, like yeah, she and there is there is some so stuff going on there. And like they didn't have the antibacterial dispensers, yeah. so that's kind of a thing. But still, it's stu- don't go to the work sick. She
0: she's gross. She doesn't seem like the type that would use it anyways. Yeah,
1: she's literally Honestly, like coughing like, in her hand and wiping her nose and stuff and grabbing these teddy bears and giving watch them you do to that. babies. I, there was nothing there. I don't. Ugh. Not this time. Not but like yeah. the old lady.
0: It. How about we just stay home, yeah. if we're S- not feeling good.
1: Don't go to work. Wear a mask if you have to be out. Like, and that's. I mean, not just pandemic. I think at this point it's probably a good idea if you have to go out and you are sick, just wear a mask. It's been normalized at this point. Or so just, just don't. Or just go don't out. go out. Yeah.
0: Get it delivered. But
1: if you have to. It's delivered But don't go out. But if you have to. you get the idea
0: can I talk about antibiotic
1: resistance yet we're almost there that's the big last discussion thing I'm gonna go through the the major like revelations and developments for each one um so we see that Cuddy is actually willing to bend or even break ethics rules about informed consent if it means saving lives she lets house do his sort of experimental um I guess treatment of these babies which, like, um,
0: I don't blame her. Yeah,
1: she doesn't want six dead babies on her hands. Um, and, again, there's there's some issues there. We'd say, in this case, we find out that the uh, antibiotics they're treating them with actually just made them worse. Yep. Because, A, that wasn't their problem. And, B, these are targeted and in infants, and it's a double dose. It caused mm-hmm. their, kidney, their kidney problems. Yes. So, if... In this case, if it had been a bacterial problem and one of the babies had died and the other had lived um, and was cured from this, the Chen Lupino couple would absolutely have sued them.
0: I really feel like they still could. They have. still
1: could and they still should. Um, also, just tangent off of that, I it really sucks that they chose them. Like, this is... this yeah, is a I have a big problem with them. A lesbian couple obviously they've probably been through a lot of hurdles to have a baby and after all of this they kill off the baby and it on the one hand it's effective on an emotional level to see that and to know that on the other hand really fucking blows that they use them simply for like emotional manipulation i i don't i don't love that part of it but i don't either so that that's Cuddy. Uh, we see Wilson, interestingly, he's been kind of here and there and, you know, given House some ideas and thrown out some stuff here and there. But this particular case, he is like neck deep in it. He is with them when they start looking for which potential viruses it could be. He is with them. Also, I assume he's
0: the one that got them the experimental drugs.
1: yeah. Like yeah probably it was him that' Cause he was looking for mm-hmm. the antivirals um he was there with them when the Lupino uh boy died, and you know was with Cameron when she went to deliver the news and he delivered it for her. like he is involved in this, so despite being in you know especially being uh oncology, he really seems to be interested in this. I don't know at this point if this is pointing to something about his character or if he just sees the importance of it and the fact that they're
0: I feel like it's kind of there for Cuddy, too. Yeah,
1: Cuddy, too. They're, they're racing against time, and it's a lot of patience, so he's uh, it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck moment. Um, we see that Foreman is perfectly comfortable delivering uncomfortable news, but Cameron really isn't. She's particularly affected this time, but as we've seen before, she doesn't seem very good at delivering bad news to people. Um, and because of this, House rides her for most of the episode. He's constantly wondering what's going on why can't she do it and he's pushing her to do it and i think we've seen up till this point he's really been pushing foreman um, but he pushes foreman by making him mad uh, because foreman doesn't like that house is right all the time and so is constantly trying to prove him wrong which makes him do his job more efficiently and just better in general that doesn't necessarily work on cameron but with Cameron, in this case, he's not pushing her because he wants her to work harder, but he sees a weakness um, in her not being able to do this, and it's a really important part of her job. So he's trying to make her do it, and by making her uncomfortable and all that, it makes her just a more rounded and capable doctor. So that's kind of the the main stuff, uh, like character development-wise. Um, I
0: also wanted to throw out there that um, I feel like... Um, Hardig, what was the mom's name?
1: Uh, Karen. Karen Hardig. heartache.
0: Okay. Um. It seems throughout the episode like obviously she's depressed. Um, which her baby is sick. Don't get me wrong, but they do a lot of like focus shots. Um, that seem like they're kind of showing postpartum depression on top of the, the issues depression. that are going like on
1: she's staring off into space she's lethargic she's just really out of it like
0: yeah and they never show her getting any like comfort Canceling. except for from chase for a second um so just wanted to put out there that postpartum depression is normal um yeah. and like shouldn't be a taboo subject and that you know talk to someone if yeah if that's something that you're going through
1: it's it's a it's a big deal it affects you majorly if you're going through it it you know it's it's a really serious it's a real thing it's a yeah. real
0: problem it's not it's not a made-up illness and yeah, you and just need to just, deal with oh, it
1: I'm, I'm sad like yeah. it's and it's a big thing it can cause you a lot of problems it comes in
0: a lot of forms
1: yep so in
0: varying severity levels
1: if you are dealing with it or a loved one are dealing with it you know like reach to out to someone out, do something
0: yeah. talk to your doctor yeah because they can do stuff for that
1: yep and they take it very seriously too yes so, hopefully um the <laughs> yeah, last if they don't thing don't get a new doctor yes absolutely last thing before we talk about antibiotics um the ethics of informed consent we've kind of already gone through this um with again the paternity episode of consent to get dna and all of that stuff but we see this a lot in this TV show, and frankly you see it a lot in other TV shows as well. This sort of idea that they seem to be putting forward that if there just wasn't so much red tape, this the hero of the show would be able to do their job better. If House didn't have to deal with the bureaucrats and administration and lawyers, he'd be able to do his job really well. And you see it in cop shows too, if they didn't have to deal with these damn lawyers and these judges and You know whatever then they could just get rid of the criminals and they always make it work out in the tv shows because in this one house is usually right um house usually does end up helping the patient in the end and in the cop shows they usually get the bad guy or whatever but these are shows where they get to write the ending in real life that shit doesn't usually happen you wouldn't want your doctor to do this to you to experiment on your baby And it's not to say that they don't ever treat people without a definitive diagnosis. That does happen, but this isn't just them treating without a definitive diagnosis. They romanticize
0: it, and they gloss over it, and they they make it a a punchline.
1: Yeah, a punchline, and just this major moment to show how awesome House is, but in in real world red tape is there for a reason it's there primarily to protect you have to keep people in check yeah it's to protect a customer or a patient or a citizen to make sure that someone doesn't take complete power into their own hands and it's just like the previous episode uh, when mindy tells the mom oh you know i don't always assume things are going to turn out right because making that assumption means i don't just do whatever i want because i know there are consequences for it um it's the same thing like the the show at some point does start giving house some consequences for yeah, how he's does. dealing with things but um even though it works in the show just yeah recognize we can all recognize that uh that's not how real life works rules are there for a reason
0: and also with that like they they don't show us the chen lupino couple
1: yeah after Afterwards, after they after get that news them, all we yeah. see
0: is the hearted couple
1: happy leaving, leaving with flowers and they're with their baby. healthy baby yeah. which
0: great for them don't get me wrong but the because that's what they want the show to end on is this this happy moment and cameron watches them leave and she's like oh we did it we solved things and you know fuck that other couple
1: yeah we're not gonna focus on this couple what, what did they
0: do with them just send them home
1: yeah who went through some very real stuff and yeah. is going to be dealing with this loss for ever, ever. probably yeah. yeah um so yeah again kind of a a a fault of the show for always trying to have this rosy ending when
0: they they do reality, get out of that eventually yeah. there's there's a lot of episodes of the house that do not end on a happy note yeah
1: i assume maybe they do that this early in the in the series because got keep you feeling good. yeah people don't want to be like wow, this is depressing shit every single episode. Yeah. And now we get to talk about your favorite topic. Thanks.
0: I'm actually... (laughs) All right, I could rant about this for hours, um, and I'm not going to. I am going to recommend... There is a podcast called This Podcast Will Kill You that I highly recommend, period. Um, But they have a really good episode about antibiotics, and they talk about antibiotic resistance. I believe it's episode 50 for them. Um... God, they have so many good... They have so many good things. So many good episodes. Like, seriously, go check them out. Um, I'm just going to say a little bit. Um, So antibiotic resistance is when germs no longer respond to the antibiotics that are designed to kill them. Um, So the germs keep growing and multiplying. Um, Antibiotic resistance is not... The human body becoming resistant to antibiotics, it is the germ itself like mutating and becoming resistant to it. Um, so, <laughs> talk about overprescription. The CDC estimates that about 47 million antibiotic courses are prescribed unnecessarily a year. Forty-seven it's million a like year.
1: Fifteen to twenty percent of
0: it's thirty patients. percent of all antibiotics prescribed. Jeez. So thirty percent of all the antibiotics prescribed are unnecessary. That's some overprescription, and I think a big part of this. I'm not saying this is all on doctors, even. It's patients. Yeah, because you feel better when they give you something and say, "Hey, this will make you better." Yeah. Because if, if you're, you're feeling gonna get like charged shit,
1: for a hundred dollar fucking copay, yeah. you don't want to leave with them saying, "Oh, you'll get better." Yeah.
0: So, like, sometimes it's just easier to be like, all right, fine, take this course of antibiotics. And then people don't finish out their antibiotics, so they don't actually kill all of whatever it is off. And then sometimes people save it, and the next time they're feeling kind of crappy, they're like, oh, that's kind of the same. So I'm just going to take some of those. Well, what if there's still some of that? Or they, like, share it. There's all sorts of shit going on. Like, don't do that. Um... Again, you can listen to other podcasts and stuff or do research yourself. I could talk about it for hours and get super in-depth. But, like, don't just fuck with antibiotics. Yeah. Like, take them as prescribed. Don't try to force your doctor to give them to you. Um, because it's only getting worse. And as we talked about, like, we have MRSA that has exploded over the past 50 years. And now we're dealing with VERSA, and, and other um, like,
1: resistant strains of stuff. It's it's not just those two. When I'd say, like, right now, during, again, a pandemic, um, we're not saying, oh, you know, fuck hygiene or anything like that. Like, you still want to be sanitary. You still want to wash your hands. You still want to, you know, avoid germs. But on a larger scale, like, the idea of... The way I had it described to me when I was in, like, high school is whenever you use like a disinfectant spray, they can never say it's 100% of the germs. It'll always be 99.9%. And part of that is due to just coverage and and stuff like that. But part of it is because some of the bacteria, whatever wide variety you might have on your countertop, are just not going to respond to it. And while it will kill most of them, the problem with the remaining ones is that they are going to breed, and they're going to multiply. And it may not be a big deal. They may be harmless bacteria, but when we talk about, you know, um, Versa and MRSA and all of these, these are pathogens. These are bad things for your you're body. You're just, like, breeding the yeah, best you're, of the you're <laughs> killing off all of the weak ones and leaving only the strong ones. And um, House describes it as an angry teenager who... Um, with, like, With body a lot of anger and body piercings. And yeah. yeah, it's literally... You're killing their entire family so they come back stronger with a vengeance. Yeah. Like, it's, it is a really big deal. And I, I was going to suggest this. I'll do it to you live right now. Um, at some point, if we ever manage to set up a Patreon or something, I was considering doing like a bonus episode to talk about little things that come up in the episodes that we want to yeah. talk about more that don't really fit into the episode, like antibiotic resistance or ethics or, or whatever. Yeah. So. Or
0: even like some of the diseases that we we mentioned, but don't get kind into of gloss over. Yeah. If there's everyone's ones that like are super interesting to you guys that you want to hear more of, just let us know. Yeah. Cause we can do that. Um, I was also going to say that, um, who, uh, the world health organization has made antibiotic resistance a really taking helping out with antibiotic resistance. Um, it's a really high priority for them. So, um, in 2015 at the world health assembly, they, kind of introduced a really big global plan for tackling this. Um, And they have five strategic objectives that I was just going to go over. So this is their global action plan on antimicrobial resistance. So their objectives are to improve awareness and understanding of antimicrobial resistance, to strengthen surveillance and research, to reduce the incidence of infection, to optimize the use of antimicrobial medicines and to ensure sustainable investment in countering antimicrobial resistance. So, you know, we can help with these just by, like we said, being mindful, um, taking stuff as prescribed. Um, if you are a physician of some sort, make sure you're prescribing stuff correctly, um, which, you know, most are, don't get me wrong. but um, so, also as a patient,
1: by, trust your trust your doctor when they say you don't need anything
0: trust your doctor don't try to self prescribe if your friend has some leftover from something
1: Or wash your hands
0: um like staying healthy in the first place i know that sounds kind of stupid because like obviously we want to stay healthy but you know taking steps to try and stay healthy is a big part of it yeah um and not spreading stuff to other people which again our lady rona so just stay safe out there yeah all you cool cats and kittens.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's all we have for uh, this episode. Um,
0: you anything? can shoot us any questions, comments, concerns, um, money. Just kidding, you can't send us. But anyways, Maybe we have like an Instagram
1: a cannon. You can shoot money at us. I send
0: us t-shirts. Yeah, cool. I like Fuck t-shirts. the cannon. More than money. I like t-shirts. Um, anyways, like t-shirts. our Instagram is uh, housekeeping So, feel free to hit us up on there. And, uh... Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.